0: Barry Sterling Mitchell. I produced the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings and the Bias Plus Reports, and this is Ben and Barry on football for September 21st, 2023.
1: September 21st, 2023. That means week two is in the books. Week three is approaching. How are the numbers looking, my brother? Well, that's
0: exactly what we're going to get to, Benny, with the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings. Let's move right into it. Okay, Benny. So let's go to the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings, which we use as our as our basis for analysis. You'll see four sets of stats: A and P average net points, APF average points for, APA average points against, and ATLD, average turnover differential. So it's the difference that makes the difference here, and that's what we're looking at here, Benny. We've The teams rank for average net points. Again, this is our way of ranking, which eliminates eliminates any opinion or conjecture. So we start here. There's no opinion built into the fact that the Dallas Cowboys have an average net points of 30. Which is actually a drop from their first week, which when it was 40 <laughs> you know, when it started out, but now it's down to 30. So they're normalizing a little bit. And when you've got it, when you when a team beats another team by a large number of points, um, a lot of times that neither team is as good or as bad as they seem at the time. So we call that the skew, and it'll get averaged in over time. But what it's going to mean is that when Dallas is matched up against pretty much any other team for a while they'll probably be favored based on net points second place we have the Niners at plus 15 and again net points and average turnover differential um uh, can go both positive and negative you see the negative on the right hand side there or at least it's my right hopefully it's yours too let's look at top five Dallas San Francisco Buffalo Baltimore and Cleveland Actually tied with Green Bay, who was in sixth place at eight and a half. Baltimore nine and a half. Buffalo eleven, and San Francisco plus fifteen. And again, Dallas is plus thirty. You want to say anything about your top five or six there, Benny?
1: No, it's a strong top five. I like it.
0: All right. We know that the uh, Super Bowl usually comes out of that top seven to nine, somewhere between one and nine, usually. Um, you know, really see them coming out of in the, the other parts of the uh, rankings but let's take a quick look we have uh tampa bay at eight six and a half philadelphia nine five and a half the Rams at 10th averaging plus five points per game so there's your top five right there now rounding out the top half you have miami kansas city washington new orleans jacksonville and tennessee um what you're running there is four and a half for miami plus three and a half for kansas city Sounds really low for Kansas City, but, you know, we know they are coming out the gate. Uh, Washington plus three, and that's New Orleans. Jackson is two, and then Jacksonville Tennessee tied for one. Now, Indianapolis is on the other side of the column, but they're the only team in the positive, and that's only by one half of a point. So you got a rookie uh, quarterback there now. We'll talk about this a little more in the in the bias plus when we look at the matchups. But their quarterback was having a great day and all of a sudden he had a concussion. Am I not am I not correct about that? Anthony Richardson? Yes. Yes, you are correct. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So we 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 it's amazing. I hear so many people say how much they want to see the court their running back, their quarterbacks run. <laughs> but these are normally guys. Fantasy guys or whatever—they're just looking for points. They don't care about the person behind the running. Anywho, let's get back to the net point rankings. <laughs> what? <the laughs>
1: I know that wasn't that was the a the side talking about. <laughs> I love hearing people that want their quarterbacks to stand like a statue in the pocket and deliver passes while three hundred pound guys are coming full tilt to rip their heads off. Well, that's not me. You know that's not me because, you know, I talk about
0: the dance. Dance with your line of scrimmage. you gotta, you got to use that space. And you know what I see a lot of times? I see a lot of guys run out the pocket, but then they, like, keep running. It's like once you run out of the pocket, you pretty much put five yards or more between you and then you, everybody else. They might be coming, but you space yourself. If you stop, plant your feet, and throw the ball, you'd be surprised who's available. But... Again, I'm ranting here. Let's get back to number 18, who starts the negative numbers, Denver at negative 1.5. So Denver's not in the basement like they were last year. Uh, below them, you have Detroit and the Chargers at minus 2.5. Arizona, minus 3.5. Arizona heard, heard us say that they were tanking, and then they decided to come out and actually try to play some ball. And Romeo Dobbs is like, and you know what it reminded me of, Ben? Remember our conversation with the Dolphins when Dolphins were supposedly tanking, but they were tanking from the GM level, not at the player level. Like the coach was like, nah, we ain't <laughs> We ain't tanking.
1: <laughs> they might be tanking, but what do I got on this on this field here, we playing to win. And, and that's one of the well, reasons. It, a tank job, but just to be clear, a tank job does start at the GM level, but you have to have a coach that buys in. And then you have to build a team to lose. And if the coach doesn't buy in, then you got problems. Well, you yeah, have Flores back then. He wasn't buying in. Exactly.
0: That's it right there. And, and I don't believe that the that that Arizona's coach, who's a rookie coach, right, he's coming in trying to establish himself. Now, he has a perfect excuse for tanking. You know, I'm rookie coach, bad, bad team, blah, 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 blah. But who wants that on their resume? So I just don't, you know, they seem like that and, and Romeo Dobbs is – you know, he's like, oh, you want to make me the quarterback? Okay, well, I'm going to get out here and perform. Only person I haven't seen is our boy Clement. Roy Clement, I haven't seen him at all. The
1: players never tank. It's not the players. The players always play to win. Yeah,
0: you play to win. That's
1: why it has to start at the GM level. When it starts at the GM level, they build a team that chances are each week they will more likely lose than win. Exactly. That's how you build a tanking team. Okay, okay. Well, Minnesota's coming
0: in at minus four and a half. Seattle minus five and a half. That's a surprise there. Uh, Minnesota might not be as much as a surprise. New England minus six. The Jets minus seven. Carolina, 26th place, minus eight and a half. Pittsburgh, 27th place, minus nine and a half. Cincy, minus 12. We talked a little bit about their quarterback issues. Houston, another rookie quarterback. Tied with Vegas at minus 13 and a half. Chicago minus 14 and the Giants, we knew what happened. That's a skewed number there, minus 18 and a half. But again, that's the second week of the season. So let's look at the average points for this is the actual scoring that these teams did. And again, Dallas is in first place, average, you know, coming out the gate with 40. And then uh, 35 beyond that on average for the two weeks. Uh, th- Green Bay is in second place with 31 points. Uh, San Francisco and Miami, which I call Niners East, tied at 30 points a game. So, these, you know, my number, my magic number is 28, you know, one touchdown per quarter. You can do one, tw- one touchdown per quarter. You can probably win 60 to 65 to 70 percent of your games. But. Not, but actually, Philadelphia is in there. 29 and a half Chargers at 29. A lot being talked about the Chargers right now. Um, Interesting to see that they're, they're putting up 29 points a game. Washington, 27 and a half at seventh. Eighth place is Buffalo, 27 points per game. The Rams are 26 and a half points per game. Indianapolis is tied with Detroit, Baltimore, Excuse me, and Baltimore, that's three ways 10, 11, and 12 places at plus 26 or just 26 points per game. Can't have a negative scoring number. Seattle averaging 25 points per game. And again, those teams that we had said had, had a large differential in their ranking between their offense and their defense. Some had high defenses, some had high uh, and low offenses, and then vice versa for some teams. Seattle and Detroit um, were those teams that we had kind of pointed out had scoring offenses and then defenses that were giving up a lot of points. The Chargers, you might as well put them in that same position. You know, obviously they're scoring. We'll take a look at their defense in a second. 24 and a half points for Atlanta and for Denver at 14th and 15th place. Rounding out the top half is Tampa Bay with Baker Mayfield putting up 23 and a half points per game. That sounds like a Baker Mayfield number to me, right there. And I'm no uh, offensive Baker Mayfield, but it just seems like a Baker Mayfield number. Deshaun Watson averaging 23 points per game. I don't think they expected that when they gave him that big, fully uh, guaranteed contract. I, thought, I think they thought he was coming, going to come out firing, and it just hasn't happened. Minnesota, 22 and a half. Uh, they're talking about Kirk Cousins now. Everybody is, is like, it's a fait complete that he's not the guy to win a Super Bowl with. Uh, even though the Jets look like they might throw their hand at him, we, we'll see. Um, Arizona, 22 points per game. Oh, remind me, Benny, there's something I wanted to mention about, I think, the Minnesota game, and I believe they played the Chargers. We'll talk about that in the Bias Plus Report section. 20th place, Tennessee, 21 points a game. Jacksonville, 20 points a game. Chicago, New England, and Kansas City all tied at 18 and a half points per game. New Orleans, 18 for 25th place, 26th place. You have Pittsburgh putting up 16, and the Jets are averaging 16 points per game. So say what you want about the Jets. They're not the worst team in terms of scoring. Your Giants with the skew in at 15 and a half points per game. Houston, again, rookie uh, quarterback, 14 and a half points. Las Vegas, old quarterback, Garoppolo. (laughs) I keep calling him a rookie. (laughs) Tied with Carolina and Cincinnati for the lowest scoring points in the league at 13 and a half points per game. So there you got your one through 32, Benny. And your Giants ain't. In that last place anymore, they made a nice move from thirty-second to twenty-eighth place in one game.
1: Yeah, well, I guess that just means we're not as bad as people thought we were. That's 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 not a a real positive note mm-hmm. to me, but it's only week two or week three we're going into. Excuse me.
0: Yes, yes, it is still early. All right, you ready to move on to the defense? Sure. Because defense wins championships. And so we're talking about APA average points against. Let's take a quick look at, the, at what these teams are giving up here. So Dallas, again, first place in terms of defense um, when your first game was – uh, scoreless, you had a zero. He's easily averages uh lower. So you got a nice first place there for Dallas. Dallas is just rocking the first place, uh, just, just to mention it, you know, across the board, pretty much it's Dallas right now, in first place. Second place defensively is Cleveland with 14 and a half points that they're giving up per game. Now we all, we question. We don't question San Fran's defenses often, but we do question Kansas City's defense. But they're in third, they're tied for third place. They have 34th place, averaging 15 points per game. Uh I saw Jones made a, a significant uh uh tackle for a loss in that last game. So uh, they were glad he was he's back signed, and he's happy. Um top five rounds up with Buffalo on. And actually tied with uh, New Orleans at, at 16 points per game that they're allowing. So you have five for Dallas, 14 and a half for Cleveland, 15 for San Fran, Buffalo uh, is, and New Orleans tied at 16. So there's, that's your top group right there. Uh, rounding out your top 10, Baltimore at 16 and a half points per game. Tampa Bay tied with Atlanta. At 17 points per game, Jacksonville, 19 points per game rounds out your top 10. So top 10 ranges from five points per game allowed to 19 points a game
1: allowed. Anything on this group right here? A couple of minor surprises and a couple of teams that I personally expected to be there. Obviously, Dallas showed that they had a really good defense last year, and I expected that to continue, which so far it has. Cleveland was strong on defense also, and they continue to be, and also the Niners. Now, Kansas City got better and better each week as the season went on last year after pretty much playing the first half of the season in the bottom of the heap as far as points against was concerned. I attribute that to youth especially youth in the secondary. Those guys are all pretty much still together now, and it's beginning to show. They're beginning to gel and play well together. Uh, The Buffalo Bills defense is usually strong. New Orleans was declared in the preseason to be a pretty good, strong team after making a few acquisitions and having a good draft. Baltimore is right where they normally are, kind of somewhere in the top ten, either near the top or near the bottom. But always right around in the top ten. Tampa Bay's defense was supposed to be declining. Uh, it still might, again, because it's early in the season. But Atlanta and Jacksonville are showing me something that I wasn't really expecting from them. They've both both teams have played fairly well defensively. So um, yeah, Jacksonville with an
0: offensive-minded head coach, much less right, right, a top ten defense there. Tennessee coming in at 11 with giving up 20 points per game. Rams giving up 21.5 for 12th place. Carolina, 22, 13, 14th place. Green Bay allowed giving up uh, 22.5 points per game. And if I remember offensively, they were scoring 31. So that gives you an idea about where their net points are. Uh, the Jets giving up 23 points per game, one point better than the 16th-place Philadelphia Eagles. And those Eagles, uh, I kept hearing about guys who hadn't played being in their secondary all of a sudden, and there's confusion here and some confusion there. You know anything about that? <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, you know, you're going to hear a lot of conflicting stuff considering that we live in Philadelphia. So, you got the talk sh- talk shows, you got the national people on TV, and then you got the fans all over you. But uh yeah, they had a couple of injuries and um they let an all-star safety go who's now with uh, Detroit, I believe. So, or is he with Detroit? I think he's with Detroit. But anyway, um so some of these new guys that are filling in Uh, may not be uh, at the top of the playbook, let me put it that way, and uh, they're making some minor errors. I keep trying to tell people that this year's Philadelphia Eagles is not the same as last year's Philadelphia Eagles. Last year's Philadelphia Eagles started hot and stayed hot all year long. They had a great season. They had nothing but good things to say about the Eagles week after week after week. Any negativity about the Eagles was very, very small, and they fixed it right away. This year's Philadelphia Eagles are getting off to a bit bit of a little shaky start. Uh, You got new coordinators. You got new players. Playbooks have changed a little bit. Uh, A couple injuries here and there. So you got a little inexperience. And I do believe I heard a smattering of booze last week. Oh. So you know, <laughs> five ten years ago, Eagle fans are not the same as five ten years ago, Eagle fans today.
0: <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I...
1: birds were. At. When people talk about boo birds, <laughs> you immediately think about Philadelphia fans.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're not talking about the Falcons. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. And, and it's funny. I told one of the guys, um, I said, "I love to hear uh, Eagles, Eagle fans whine after a win." <laughs>
1: like, That's it, what they don't. They think it's a good just GM, the coach. Yeah, they think it's just a continuation of last year. It's never
0: like that. It, it really is. It's amazing, you know. I, and we track net points from year to year. So coming in from last year, you had teams, they were ranked in certain places because of what they had accomplished last year. But like you said, between the, the draft, free agency, was, you know, which includes uh, international players now, you know, you got more players with names like Oro- Oro- Oroku or whatever. You really have to be really good at pronouncing a lot of these names because you got such an international background. Uh, so a lot changes, and then you have injuries, you know. All of a sudden, the guy that you expected to be there, <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers, um, is not there, you know. And so every all your best plans got scuttled. Going back to the um, listing here, um, going to the top or going to the second half from 17 to 32, we have a tie between New England and Washington at 24.5 points per game. Uh, you have a four-way tie from Miami, Arizona, Cincinnati, and Indianapolis, which takes us down to the 22nd place at 25 and a half points per game. So that's Miami, Arizona, Cincinnati, and Indianapolis. Denver and Pittsburgh are tied for 23rd and 24th place actually at 26 points per game. Then you have another tie Minnesota and the uh, Raiders tied at 27. Houston's at 28 points per game for 27th place. And then rounding out the bottom five, Detroit, 28 and a half points allowed. Seattle, 30.5 points allowed. Chicago, or excuse me, the Chargers. I don't know why I said Chicago's. The Chargers allowing 31 and a half points. Chicago allowing 32 and a half points. And the Giants allowing 34. And again, we call that the skew. But it's interesting, Benny, I mentioned Seattle. I mentioned the Chargers. I mentioned Detroit. So they're right in a row at 28th, 29th, and 30th places. So you're, if you're scoring 30, but you're giving them 31 and a half, guess what that adds up to? A letter L. <laughs> you know? Right. And then, right. you all this conversation about Justin Herbert, it's like, why are you even talking about Justin? I wasn't even talking about Justin Herbert. Well, as I'm concerned... Whatever's going on over there is fine. Whatever's going on in that defense, though, ain't fine. And that's for Seattle, Detroit, and the Chargers. Um, Minnesota, you could throw them in there, allowing 27 points per game. The Raiders allowing 27 points per game tied with, you know, Minnesota. So you're going to give up. Like I said, 28 points is about the, the magic number for me. So if you're giving up on close to 28 or more points per game, more than likely, you got a couple L's unless you really put up some serious offensive numbers. Any last words on this, Benny?
1: Nah, that second half from uh, 17 down to 32 doesn't offer too many surprises except for um, – well, New England sitting at 17 is a small surprise. I thought they'd be better at least top 15-wise. Um Nobody else there really shocks me. I thought Pittsburgh would be better. Yeah, I was thinking about Pittsburgh. Yeah, that that's that's about it. <laughs> i tell you the truth. Oh, I'll tell you a team that's let me down here. Denver. Denver? Denver Broncos. Yeah, because they had a good defense last year. Denver Broncos had a, actually had a good defense last year. And for the first at least – I want to say eight to ten weeks, but I might be mistaken there. Maybe this first six to eight weeks, they were in the top of this category. They were hanging around in the top five, top six of this category and racking up L's like a mug every week because the offense was so bad. Now it's almost the opposite. Interesting that you say that because
0: it – uh, it reminded me of the Jets, you know, where you, you're like, okay, they already got the defense. And, and we just right. said, it's not, it's never the same team from last year to this year. We just right. said, and then we go back last year, they had the top defense this year. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we have to see how, how that rounds out new coach and everything for, for Denver. So um, that, that'll be interesting. So what, what, uh, um, attributes or contributes to these numbers are the turnovers no doubt about it again average turnover differential one of those stats that can go both positive and negative so what you're talking about are turnovers the giveaways versus the takeaways you have more giveaways than takeaways or vice versa well dallas is in first place obviously they have three and a half takeaways more than their giveaways. So they're in first place. They ran the first place in all four of our categories, net points, points for, and points against. We still look at this. I don't think of this, the three and a half, as so much as skew as I did the points. But we'll see how that how that works out. Tampa Bay's in second place with plus two and a half. Philly is in third place with plus two. So there's your top three in turnover differential right there rounding out the top five well it actually runs down to seven because one and a half or plus one and a half turnovers is the number for both jacksonville for for jacksonville san fran green bay and seattle so you got one and a half uh turnovers on the plus side for each one of those teams now atlanta arizona and the chargers round out the top 10 at plus one with a tie between those three. So they're all in the positive, at least one um, full turnover per game. So that means if they fumbled it three times, they took it away from the other team four times and came out with a plus one. Washington, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, Cincinnati take you from 11 through 14 with plus 0.5, so a plus half of a turnover per game. Now, breaking even rounds out the top half with Indianapolis and Houston at zero. Let's include in that Buffalo and the Baltimore Ravens at zero. All right. So now we're going to move into the negative numbers, <clears throat> starting with a four way tie between the Jets, Miami, Tennessee, and Denver, which takes us down to the 22nd place. At minus zero at 0.5. You have a tie between New England, Kansas City, and the Rams for 23rd through 25th place at minus one, 26th to 27th place. You have Detroit at minus one and a half, and Carolina at minus one and a half. And then in your bot, your bottom four, 28. Oh, wait a minute. I'm uh, looking at uh, four through 31 here. Let's take a look. Boom, there you go. Uh, twenty-eight through thirty-one is minus two. You got Vegas, Chicago, Cleveland, and the Giants. And then at the bottom, last place in the league, minus three. Uh, average turnovers per game. Uh, is that a reflection on Kirk Cousins or is somebody else turning this ball over? What's going on? I'm
1: sure you want it to be, but. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, that actually rounds up the Sterling net point power rankings, looking at your points, uh, average points, your average net points, points for, points against, and turnover differential. Anything before we move on to the next segment, Benny?
1: No, it'll be interesting to watch how these numbers start to fluctuate after a while. But if you're prone to giving the ball away, if your quarterback is prone to throwing interceptions – uh, I know head coaches go into a tizzy when running backs fumble the ball. You you can actually lose your starting job if you play for a particular head coach, Bill Belichick, <coughs> because of fumbling. So uh, the, these numbers are, are going to fluctuate. It'll be interesting to watch and see how they go. All
0: right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that wraps up this portion of the show. Next up. The Bias Plus reports, where we look at the matchups. Okay, first game we're showing here is the Atlanta Falcons at the Detroit Lions. Bias Plus score of 20 favors the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are playing pretty good, Benny. Running that ball, that's for sure.
1: Yes, they are. Uh, This should be a really good game. I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting a good look at both of these offenses, one offense being the Lions. That I expected to be pretty explosive and another one that I wasn't sure about with the Falcons, but I knew had the potential because of the way that they run the ball and making their first round pick a running back Bijan John Robinson, who was really, really showing out early in the season here. But uh, let's talk about the Lions first. They lost last week to the Seahawks and what was pretty much a barn burner 37 to 31 was the final score. Uh, Jared Goff had a strong game with 323 yards and three touchdowns through the air. The Lions' ground game was pretty solid, too. They totaled 102 yards between, like, five guys. Could have been stronger, though. I expected a little bit more from uh, Jameer Gibbs. But uh, the the one-two punch, number two, was missing. That's David Montgomery. He was out with an injury. So... Um, They instead of leaning on Jameer Gibbs a little bit more, which they probably had the plan to. But with the scoring going the way that it was turned into a score fest, kind of took the ground game out of it. Um, The difference in the game for the Lions, though, was three costly turnovers. And that's why we make turnover differential such a big part of what we do here. Turnovers make a huge difference, be they takeaways or. if, if you right. if you actually get them, yeah. Um, yeah, the Lions had one interception and they fumbled the ball twice, and that ended up being an extra possession or two for the Seahawks and the Lions end up losing that game. Now the Falcons hosted Green Bay last week and they had to come from behind to get the win. The Pack held a 24-12 lead before the Falcons actually turned their offense up. Quarterback Desmond Ritter scored on a pass to Drake London, who's becoming um, quite the receiver. Uh, Our friend of the show, Mark Russell, said he liked Drake London the year that he was drafted. He even hoped that the Eagles would get him. The Eagles didn't get him, but Drake London is who he thought he would be. Drake London's coming along very nicely, actually come along better than Kyle Pitts, who's from Philadelphia. But uh, that's another story. So – Passed to Drake London for a score. Uh, Desmond Ritter also ran for a touchdown, a six-yard scramble. And Young-Way Koo, we don't always talk about field goal kickers on this particular show, but in this game, he was critical. Young-Way Koo kicked four successful field goals to complete the comeback and seal the victory. So strong run game by the Falcons pretty strong pass game by the Lions Lions with the propensity to give the ball away I don't know where these two ended up on uh our current t- turnover differential list but well, I'm telling
0: you let me let me answer that question for you
1: yeah that'll that'll help
0: me make a decision the Atlanta and the Atlanta Falcons were ranked eighth with plus one. And your Detroit Lions were ranked 26 at minus one and a half.
1: Oh my. That's a two and a half differential. That's not good, Lions. <laughs> That's not good. And like
0: I said, the Lions are that, are that team, Benny. They score. They just don't stop anybody as much as as tough as their offense or as their head coach is. And within the mindset that he has, they give up a bunch of points.
1: Well, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick Atlanta to go into Detroit and win that game. I think it's going to be a really good game, but I think the Falcons' defense is going to play a little better than the Lions' defense does, and they'll find a way to keep the Falcon offense uh, number bigger on the scoreboard. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Falcons.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that running game is going to keep golfing that, that offense off the field and that's that to help in the time of possession you know yep you I, know, agree. I always say football is a, is a game of time and space <laughs> you know as much as everything else time and space you know but yep. uh, an inch in <laughs> football is all the difference sometimes especially when that when that guy brings that that chain out and he goes you're short by that much buddy <laughs> so all right going with the bias Going with the Falcons. Next up, we have the Buffalo Bills. The Bills at the Washington, say it with me, Benny. Commanders, we don't know how much longer you're going to have to be able to say that. They're starting to wonder whether or not the uh, the owner is leaning toward changing the name again. <laughs> we shall see. I mean, I'm just...
1: Well, I mean, got the they got new owners. Ticket, right? They got new owners. They're allowed to do that if that's what they want to do. We, we like uh, the original. Funny. We like the first change to the Washington Football Team. I was going to say that's actually pretty popular. Yeah, I heard a lot of other folks say they like the Washington Football Team name. Okay, and and if they're going to change it, they wouldn't be uh, adverse to them going back to that. Okay. I doubt if
0: they'll do that, though. I doubt. Yeah, he's going to want to put his stamp on it or something like yeah. That. But in any event, the bills, the bias plus is six, favors the Buffalo Bills, and we just saw a bias of what twenty, or what? No, it wasn't big. What was the previous bias? It was yeah twenty. So that's yeah, a, it was twenty. That's a pretty healthy bias. Um, we've seen biases as much as forty and fifty, but um, six, tends to be a pretty close game. Buffalo Bills at the Washington Commanders. Can the commander's corral, Josh Allen, who what we're hearing was the week two offensive player of the of the week, after I said I was wondering about him because he was making some questionable decisions, especially concerning his body early on. So
1: yeah, he was he started off the game pretty gung-ho and he paid for it. Uh it was a sloppy four-turnover season opener against the Jets. And the Bills treated their home crowd to a far more efficient and buttoned-up version of themselves last week when they played the visiting Raiders. Buttoned up, I like that. Yeah, they were they were buttoned up. Well, I think buttoned up fits well with the way he was playing the week before, where he basically was ripping his shirt open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trying to dive over people and hurdle people. So yeah, but anyway, um, the offense was balanced. 37 pass attempts, 35 runs. Can't get much more balanced than that. Josh Allen completed 31 passes for 274 yards and three touchdowns. Also, running back James Cook rushed the ball 17 times for 123 yards. They both led the way for the offense. The defense collected two interceptions and recovered a fumble. Again, turnovers make a difference. So that came out to be a nice win for the Bills against the Raiders. Now, Washington hasn't started the season 2-0 since 2011. That's a little nugget I just happened to pick up in doing some research. So that's a good thing for Washington. Beating the Broncos in mile high was a challenge. They fell behind 21-3 early, but they rallied, came back to take a 35-27 lead, mostly on the arm of quarterback Sam Howell. Somebody that a lot of people doubted, and a lot of people are still doubting, but he came through in this one. He was 27-39 to for 299. He threw two touchdown passes. And uh, they had a very complimentary run game led by Brian Robinson, Jr., who's been getting the job done. The defense did their part, sacking Russell Wilson seven times and hitting him a crazy 14 times. What the heck is going on out here? Poor guy's going to get killed. But anyway, um, kudos to Brian Robinson Jr., who's basically taken over the running back position on that team. It was uh, it was they, he split time with Antonio Gibson last year. Antonio Gibson being the better pass catcher, basically uh, the third down back, as people like to call it. But Brian Robinson obviously worked on his hands over the over the summer. And Antonio Gibson can barely get on the field. So, I mean, I feel bad for Antonio Gibson, but uh, he may be looking for greener pastures because Brian Robinson's playing extremely well. Now, all that being said, um, I have a funny, funny feeling about this one. Bill's got the bias, right? Bill's have a plus – I have a, a
0: bias of six,
1: bias plus of six. Bias plus of six is not very big. Here's my prediction. The Bills are going to go into Washington, and they are going to lose to the commanders. I'm picking the commanders in this game. Picking the commanders going against
0: the bias. I yes. Kind of, you know, it's funny, the uh, the Bills, when I look at the um, – Rankings, the Bills came in uh and in terms of net points, uh Buffalo eight. I'm oh, sorry, that's that's points four. Let's get to it. I'm looking for points. looking um, for net points. Yeah, they, they came in with the net points here they go here of plus eleven. And mm-hmm. and you know, Washington was plus three, you know. But Washington won the turnover battle, okay? Their their differential was better on the turnover side. Uh, Not by a lot, but turnovers are worth points. So Washington came in 11th at plus 0.5, and Buffalo was zero. They broke even. So uh, uh, the commanders got a little bump out of that situation. In any event, you're going to go with the commanders, Yes, I see a nice, low-scoring game. Well, then uh, come, on, come on and say it with me, Benny. The Commanders,
1: come on. The, com- the Commanders are going to command a nice, slow, grinded-out, low-scoring game.
0: All right. All right. Is anybody going to finally put a hit on Josh Allen or what? What's the name? Their defensive uh, – their edge rusher is back, right? Chase – Chase Young, I believe he's back. I'm not he's sure. He's back, I got, man. I got so a way to, to
1: check on that—that
0: that would be a way to make you know make make your return felt. You get out there and put a little something something on Josh Allen. Speaking yeah, of it would to touch, say that again. I said, yeah, it would. Speaking of trying to touch the quarterback here, Indianapolis Colts at the Baltimore Ravens. Now, if there was one guy that was compared to Lamar Jackson, it was probably Anthony Richardson. Who now has a concussion, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I was not expecting to see Andy Dalton. I believe it was Andy Dalton that came in, in relief for him. No, Andy. No, it was Gardner, it Gardner, Min- Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew, right. Yeah, Gardner Min- and, and, again, that we saw it a couple times where certain teams decided to back up their young rookie quarterback with a quarterback with some serious experience, kind of like we'll talk about with the Panthers, but the uh, Indianapolis Colts brought in Minshew, a former starter, uh, backup for the Eagles, came in in relief of Hurts, and uh, they're coming in to deal with those Baltimore Ravens as Lamar Jackson is starting to feel out this new offense. You know, it's funny, people are starting to say, I've heard people say he was a much better pocket quarterback than we gave him credit for no that they gave him credit for because the people saying it are claiming that they that they were I guess you know believers in his
1: pocket capability all along so so where where were they when he had an MVP season it wasn't that long ago my God what's wrong with people
0: hey what can I tell you but I want to see him command the pocket a little bit better. Uh, and not take off i mean he's dynamic there's no doubt about it when he takes off he's dynamic just like we expected from anthony richardson and he 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 does probably well anthony hasn't been around long enough to compare his ability to stay healthy (laughs) so his ability to stay healthy is right there with bryce young we'll talk about him when when it comes to him but in any event the ravens are favored by a bias plus score of
1: nine what do you got yeah, well, I, I just want to say it's not like Richardson's just out there running around with no helmet, saying, "Look, I like to run, knock me out." <laughs> he got hit in the end zone after he scored a touchdown, and he actually had relaxed, and he got rolled. Ah. So that 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 was a that was a, I guess you could call that a fluke concussion. But but it's,
0: it's,
1: a it's almost like they say, and I remember uh,
0: myself, that one of the last time when we were actually playing, and I, and I got injured, and it was a matter of relaxing. The play was over. I relaxed, right. but the guy on the other team didn't. He ran into me and, and knocked me back, and when I stepped back, I turned my ankle, and that was the enemy early on. Right,
1: so that could happen to
0: anybody at that any position. That could happen position. to anybody. What yeah, do they tell like you? That. When boxing, protect yourself at all times? That is true. And the same in football. All right. That is
1: true. Protect your record, Benny. Who you got? Well, uh, I must say, yes, the Colts did beat the Texans last week. They won the game 31-20. to 20. Yes, the defense took advantage of the Texans' weakened offensive line. They hit the quarterback nine times. They sacked him six times. A fumble recovery and 10 tackles for loss. Wow. That's That's a hefty price for your offense to pay they were really coming after them boys. Quarterback Anthony Richardson ran the ball 3 times, scored on two of those runs and then got knocked out the game. Here's the bad part though. And he needs to be scolded for this. He went back out there on the field for two more possessions after he got concussed and didn't tell anybody. He started seeming so he was concussed. How did they know? He finally told him. He finally came off and said, I can't. He 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 couldn't get nothing done. But he tried to. Oh yeah? Yeah. Yeah, he tried to play scramble. Didn't didn't work too well, eh? Didn't work too well. Didn't work too well. They should have known when he came off the field and they saw those little birdies flying around his head. But <laughs> I guess they <laughs> I one guess they beat that. <laughs>
0: one of my favorite um scenes from uh what's the name, Rabbit? was where um he was trying to compete for a part and he was taking a hammer he's like i can do birdies <laughs> i
1: can do stars
0: up <laughs> with the hammer you like little birdies little stars <laughs> uh,
1: <can> <laughs> it's either the little birdies or the little cuckoo clock
0: <laughs> or the
1: stars don't forget the stars or the stars or the stars yes stars yeah. are very popular but anyway garden mince you came in to relieve him and he did throw for another touchdown but they had to hold on for the win because they could only put up a field goal in the second half so all that scoring for them pretty much happened in the first half like i said he went out early mm. he only ran the ball 3 times two of them were touchdowns and then on the second touchdown he got concussed tried to fake his way through two more possessions before he realized he couldn't get it done and let get it done let them know that he was hurt Gardner Minshew came in, did what he was going to do in the first half, and in the second half, they basically had to hold on for dear life. Now, the Ravens are two and zero after a big division win over the Bengals in, in Cincinnati. That's important. It was a battle throughout, but the Ravens never trailed in this game. The new offense was balanced. Lamar made plays through the air and sustained drives with his legs. He completed 24 passes for 237 yards and two touchdowns. He had zero turnovers. And he led the team in run attempts with 12. Didn't read him, he didn't lead him in yardage, but he did run the ball 12 times. He got plenty of help from running backs Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, which I'm sure made the, the, the uh, offensive coordinator happy. Uh Gus Edwards uh ran the ball. 10 times for 62 yards. Hill ran the ball 11 times for 41 yards. And Jackson ran the ball 12 times. So that's pretty balanced. You can't get much better than that. And let's face it, new offense or not, a big part of their offense is Lamar Jackson running the ball. 12 times, you said, right? Excuse me? 12 times? Yes, he ran the ball 12 times. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't see the game completely. So I don't know how many of them might have been scrambles, but I'm sure plenty of them were called plays. I so, saw him know. take off a couple times. I mean – Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm man. saying. Like, if he ran 12 times, maybe eight of them were call plays and maybe he scrambled four times. If they're
0: calling for him to run, then what's the difference between the old offense and the new offense? i are doing it less. Huh? Less? You think so?
1: Yes. Okay, all right. I think 12 times is too many, but we'll see. Well, so, that's that's your personal opinion, man. I'm not true. going to take that dynamic piece out of my offense. I don't care what nobody says. I believe that you can call
0: you can ball. with a guy like that when you need him. And, and I think
1: a lot of times these guys are just calling them. When do you just – well, okay, all right. I don't want to get into this with you. <laughs> what you trying to figure out. With these coordinators that are thinking, duh, I don't know what to do. Let Lamar run. Oh, it's third. And a, let Lamar run. Uh, Well, we probably should pass the ball, but let Lamar run. Let but Lamar they run. Like that, yes, those they plays, know. those <laughs> plays are scripted. That's part of the offense. It's Somebody scripted about, it. Doing During the, the scripting, match. they were going, let Lamar run. What are we going to do for play seven? Let Lamar run. <laughs> okay, if that's what you think, you're entitled to your opinion. I but if think, he ran I the ball think. 12 times and the other guys were in the ball 10 to 11 times and they got plenty of work done on the ground and when he did throw the ball, he was successful with it because play action was working because nobody had any clue which of those three guys was going to run the ball, then that was a successful game plan and they won the game. Well, it worked. I'm not saying it didn't work. So let the talk one. this one. Going with uh Well, here's the problem. Oh, there's a problem. I I I talked about all the good stuff for the (laughs) Ravens, but here's the problem. The defense wasn't dominant, Mm. but the secondary seemed to have a handle on the Bengals' passing game because none of the receivers really got off except for T. Higgins. So they didn't exactly shut Joe Burrow down. He was able to find T. Higgins, but it seems like they game-planned or double-teamed or something to keep Jamar uh, Chase out of the action. Tyler Boyd wasn't able to do very much but you know when you when you take one guy away on a team that has several good receivers somebody else is going to end up hurting you it was Higgins but it didn't hurt him on the scoreboard that was the main thing so again uh. successful game plan offensively and defensively um, wow Ravens are at home Colts may or may not have their starter if they do He's still a little green. If they don't, Gardner Minshew doesn't stand a chance. I'm going to take the Ravens.
0: Well, Benny, I can see that. I mean, let's face it. On uh, the average points against, the Baltimore Ravens ranked seventh, allowing 16 and a half points per game, and Annapolis is ranked 22nd, allowing 25.5 points per game. So there you go. Story of defense. Going with the Ravens makes absolute <clears> sense <throat> here. Niners East, Denver Broncos at the Niners East, Miami Dolphins buys plus six favors Miami. Who you got?
1: Ooh, <laughs> Niners East.
0: Have you heard? Have you heard the uh, Broncos uh, coach talking about you know having to get the plays in quicker, be a little more crisper you know, getting the plays in and stuff. Like, he wasn't really blaming Russell, per se. He was was kind of pushing it back on his own coaches and stuff like that. Um, Uh But I don't think he's happy with the snappiness of his offense there. They're not
1: looking like he wants them to. I don't think he's happy with not knowing exactly what he should be happy with. (laughs) If that makes any sense. Well, is he
0: happy with his defense? Because let's face it, the Denver Broncos now, as far as points against, where are they on? Ah, 23rd place, allowing 26 points per game. Last year, Russell averaged about 14 points per game. Then averaged it, it added up to a pretty poor year overall. Uh they're not gonna, they're not gonna uh do much better if they're still giving up. 26 points per game in this current year.
1: Well, after losing to the Raiders by one point in week one, the Broncos then turned around, lost to the Washington Commanders last week. Remember the little tidbit I gave about the Commanders being 2-0 for the first time since, like, 2011, I think I said? Okay. The Broncos have now lost back-to-back home games for the first time in their team's history. Wow. So, again, we're talking about Sean Pate, a guy who ran his mouth in the offseason, talked bad about the previous head coach, unsolicited. He didn't have to do that. As far as I'm considered. Or as far as I'm concerned, he broke kind of broke the bro code for coaches, okay? And what he forgot was when he talked about how bad they were, some of those people that were there when they were bad are still there. So now he got people looking at him side-eyed in his own building. Yeah. But anyway, Broncos scored touchdowns on their first three drives of the game. So you couldn't tell them they weren't going to win this game. But then somehow they blew an 18-point lead with the offense slowing down in the second half and the defense completely going into the tank. Still, with that seemingly complete collapse, they almost pulled victory from the jaws of defeat with a Russell Wilson 50-yard Hail Mary TD pass with no time left on the clock in regulation that was caught by wide receiver Brandon Johnson after got deflected two or three times by other people. Miracle play. That got the score to 35-33, but then they couldn't complete the two-point conversion that would have taken the game in overtime, and they lost the game. I, I don't know what to say. Last year, the Denver offense couldn't get out of its own way, but for the first eight to ten weeks, like I said before, the defense was actually pretty good. Now it seems to be the opposite. This year, um, it's it's crazy. And by the way, Russ threw for 308 yards and three touchdowns, although those three touchdowns were all early in the game. And he led the team in rushing, too. He did throw one interception, and he did lose a fumble. Um, that didn't help his cause. Ah. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say about them right now. I really don't. Now, here's the opposite of the Denver two-week disaster. Miami is two and up with two consecutive road wins. Since college, I've always liked Tua Tagovailoa, and I remember how well he was playing before the, concus- before the concussions last year. You and I both said it would be interesting to see how well the Dolphins could do if they could keep him upright, and they've done that so far. In two games so far. He's only been hit four times, and he's only been sacked once. That's tremendous work by that offensive line. He hasn't been perfect. He's thrown one interception in each game. But last week against the Patriots, he got plenty of help from his running game with Raheem Mostert, x 49 er cranking out 121 yards and two touchdowns on 18 carries. That's yeoman work, Mr. Mostert. That's great work. And the defense with four sacks, eight quarterback hits, eight tackles for loss, and six passes defense. Beautiful work. Miami Dolphins should be feared right about now. They're looking really, really good. They should win this game with no problem. Going with the Dolphins. Yes. Tell me this. Is it possible that Sean Payton is on the hot seat already? I don't think so. I don't think you don't so. think so. Um, I
0: don't think so. He's Sean Payton. I think he they got they a whole the season or two. So I, I that's what I think. But you know okay. what, you know what I missed? I missed most of scoring. And then hitting the swim move and then jumping up and doing the, the surf move because that's what he used to do when he was with the Niners. Remember that? Oh, yeah. He did the surfing move. So I guess he left <laughs> that in San Francisco. But you can <laughs> surf down in Miami. I'm sure they got some surfing yeah. out there somewhere. You know, <laughs> not, it's not like the
1: West Coast, but what can I tell you? Okay. Well, you're going to you're gonna have, you're gonna have to hit his Instagram page and tell him we need a new touchdown dance. There you go. There you go.
0: Um, Going with the Dolphins, going with the Bias. Yep. Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bias plus a 20.5. Favors those Jacksonville Jaguars, Benny.
1: Not a surprise. You're not surprised at that one? (laughs) I'm not saying I am. I'm just, since you said not a surprise.
0: Well, you know, we understand the rookie quarterback, they're struggling a little bit down there. The, defense isn't, the defense isn't what they kind of, you know, you can't lean on it like you maybe would hope that you could lean on it with a rookie quarterback. Right. And I don't know about – you telling me about their running game. Um, but, you know, let's face it, Jacksonville has a good team, you know. They got a good quarterback, um, good mm-hmm. coach, good team. But they got fast. their
1: flaws too. They've got some flaws, some surprising flaws, to tell you the truth, because if I'm not mistaken, I picked them to beat Kansas City last week. Uh, They were home. They played host to Kansas City last week, and they had a chance to not only go 2-0 early this season, but they also had a chance to send the Super Bowl champs to 0-2. Unfortunately for them, it didn't turn out that way. Even though the defense was able to collect three takeaways, Patrick Mahomes, Little sloppy with the ball. Obviously, the Jags could only muster three field goals, and they never found the end zone and lost the game 17-9. to Just that simple. Just that simple. If you can't find the end zone, you're going to have a tough time winning, even though they won the turnover battle. Now, that's rare. You don't see that very often, but it does, in fact, happen. Now, Houston is 0-2. They fell to the Colts. But quarterback C.J. Stroud is doing his best to be the leader of this team now and for the immediate future. And he's trying to be as efficient as possible running the offense, which is basically all he can do. On a good note, he hasn't thrown an interception yet. Really? Yes, really. And I've been talking about quarterbacks throwing INTs for the last two weeks. He's thrown none. On Sunday, he was actually balling. Uh, he went 30 47 for 384 and two touchdowns. So, CJ Stroud, who I believe, I remember, and I believe you also said that we thought he should have been the number one pick overall over yeah. Bryce Young. Am I correct on that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. All right. I just wanted, I'm just checking. Yes, indeed. CJ Stroud, very proud of you, young man. The problem with the Texans' offense is they lost four starting offensive linemen during training camp wow really yeah and the one starter that was left is their star left tackle laramie tunsell and he just went down with a knee injury so now their entire offensive line is backups wow hence they can't run the ball and of course it's tough for them to protect stroud he got sacked five times in their week one loss to baltimore And like I just got finished saying, he took six more sacks last Sunday, and he also lost a fumble that turned into instant points for the Colts. Uh, One of Richardson's touchdowns came off of a fumble in that game. So, um, yeah, I'm going to take the Jaguars at home in this one. I just don't think the Texans can run an efficient offense with a whole offensive line full of backups. Just not going to happen. That's tough. That's tough,
0: man. All right. All right. Going with the bias, going with the Jaguars. Next up, we have the Saints at the Green Bay Packers. Bias 10.5, favors those Packers, Benny. Packers, huh? Yeah, man. Uh, Hey, look, them boys is putting up points. They was up in the – where were the Packers uh, in terms of points? They were second,
1: 31 points per game. Oh, that's right, in points four. Yeah, they were up there. Hey, that's that Jordan Love, baby. How about that Jordan Love? I'll tell you something that just brought something to my mind. This morning, I can't remember what program I was watching because I, you know, I'm doing this and doing that. And I watch half of it at gym and I come back and watch replays when I get home. Uh, Somebody mentioned that Jordan Love could possibly be the best quarterback of his draft class remember his draft class no <laughs> how
0: long has that been like three four years
1: yeah it's been like three years who else came out justin herbert joe burrow and uh and two so, of them. they're declaring
0: that love could be better than herbert after
1: yes two games yes could could be. He could turn out – it was presented like this. He could turn out to be the best quarterback in that class. Herbert, Tua, and Burrow and Jordan Love. Wow, that's amazing. He's the only one that didn't have to start right away. That's no fault of his own. They had Aaron Rodgers. Well, maybe that's what they're they're throwing
0: some Aaron Rodgers pixie dust on Love and saying – We'll wait and see.
1: That's we'll wait and tournament. see.
0: <laughs> but in the we'll meantime, Derek we got Saints and Packers. Right at Saints. And Benny, they're obviously, I didn't expect to see as much of Hill at quarterback as I saw, but all of a sudden Taysom Hill, I'm like, wait a minute. Who's the coach here? Is it? The, is it <laughs> Did he come back? What, what happened?
1: Now all of a sudden we got the dual quarterback scenario again. There was a lot of Taysom Hill in that game, I must admit. You're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, Let's see what we got here on the Packers. So the Pack traveled to Atlanta last week. They played really well for three quarters. Then the wheels fell off in the fourth quarter. They took a 24-12 lead into the fourth quarter and then got completely outplayed on both sides of the ball down the stretch. And they lost the game to the Falcons 25-24. Heartbreaker. Jordan Love did connect on three touchdown passes. But A.J. Dillon was only okay on the ground, 55 yards on the ground, 15 carries. They definitely missed Aaron Jones, who was out with an injury. Aaron Jones started off looking like he was going to be tremendous this year. Then he pulled a hamstring. So we'll have to wait and see how that turns out. Um, Packer defense had an interception, five passes defense and one sack, but they couldn't make any plays of consequence to stop the Atlanta comeback. They ended up losing by one point. In the other Monday night game, Derek Carr got off to a slow start in Carolina and uh, was in a funk for most of the first half. Running back Jamal Williams got injured and was replaced by a practice squad player, uh, running back Tony Jones, and he scored two touchdowns. As Carr and the rest of the offense finally – yeah, off the practice squad. Carr and the rest of the offense finally got it going in the second half. The defense made it tough on the Panthers and rookie quarterback Bryce Young all night long. That was the difference. They ended up winning that game. In this game, though, I think the Saints are going to go up to Green Bay and take a L. I'm picking the Packers to win that game. Going
0: with the bias. Going with the Packers. Okie dokie. Let's see what. Oh, oh! Division matchup: Patriots at the New York Jets. Hey, these two quarterbacks should be familiar with each other.
1: That uh, <laughs> plus one, however, yeah, favors the Jets. Jets get the bias. Let me just make that. Jets a get the
0: bias. Now, let me let me say this much, right? Right. Uh, New England where are they at here net points of uh, plus oh that's 24 okay hold on one second New England net points minus 6 the Jets net points minus 7 ooh now you would say well then the pay, you know, the Patriots should be um favored. However, on the turnover differential, mm. ah, the Patriots, where are they at? Minus one and the Jets minus 0.5. Oh my. So when you throw that again, that leads to calculation in on that, that brings the uh the point total. In favor of the Jets. Therefore, Bias Plus
1: favors those Jets. Wait, hold on, hold on a second. I'm sorry. I need you to repeat something for me. Turnover differential to Patriots were what? Patriots
0: were minus one. Minus one. And the Jets were minus 0.5. That's worse, right? No, that's better. That's better. In other words, the um uh, the Patriots are losing an uh, by a whole turnover per game, or they were giving up a whole a whole turn. Oh minus only a half. Yeah. Oh,
1: I thought you said minus five. No, minus point .5. Oh okay. I'm sorry. I was about to panic there. I'm like minus five. Oh my god! What are you just yeah. running out in the field, tossing it to the other team? You you take,
0: but the worst in the league is the Vikings at minus three. So minus
1: three, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Put tossing it out, take the ball. Put, put your put your Kirk Cousins joke in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that, for just the right time now. Gave yourself a nice opening there. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, this is
0: one of those. That's how close these two teams are. Um, yes. Obviously, if if you, I know, I think I have more. I guess more faith in Mac Jones, but I'm not quite
1: sure it's that much. You know. Okay. Zach, Zach Wilson. A, believe me, you're not the only person that's doing it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. Half dozen in one hand. Yeah. You know half full, half empty, what are you going to do? But anyway, the Patriots are 0-2 after losing last week at home to the Miami Dolphins. Tough game for them. They look really average on both sides of the ball, but they did just enough to be within striking distance late in the game. But they missed getting a crucial first down. You remember that play? I was running with the ball. He knew he didn't quite pass the first down marker, so he tried to pitch it to a lineman. (laughs) <laughs> the lineman looked surprised but he did catch it but his little moment of hesitation allowed them to tackle him too and they were short right. they didn't get the first down I can't
0: remember um, that now. it's all coming back to me
1: right but but it was the accumulation of turnovers injuries and mistakes in that game that caused the Dolphins I mean that caused the uh, Patriots to lose the game 24-17 they just couldn't quite put it together Um, Now, for the Jets, I'm going to use an old cowboy movie title to talk about the Jets game in Dallas. The (laughs) title is The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) The Good, quarterback Zach Wilson threw a 68-yard touchdown bomb to wide receiver Garrett Wilson. Yay, fantasy Garrett Wilson was a, was a very high draft pick in fantasy. The bad, other than a first-half field goal, they didn't score another point for the rest of the game. The ugly, they turned the ball over four times with three interceptions and a fumble, and they got hammered by the Cowboys 30-10. to Nuff said, I'm picking the Patriots to win this game. Okay, I can
0: see that. I can see that, but it was the Cowboys, right, that the Jets lost to. So you are talking about uh, a serious defense uh, with the Cowboys, and True. The Patriots got a good defense, but it's not number one <laughs> like the
1: You're also talking about Zach Wilson, a guy that played so bad last year. Like I said last week, that they had to go out and get Aaron Rodgers. And part of the problem they said with Zach Wilson was he didn't read the field well. He had trouble reading defenses. And supposedly Aaron Rodgers took him under his wing and helped him with that. Then he comes out and he throws three picks. So, you know, (laughs) I don't don't know what to say. So much for the help there. But you're going with the
0: Patriots and going against the bias. Yes. Yes. All right, no problem, no problem. Tennessee Titans, Tennessee Titans at the Cleveland Browns bias plus of one point five. Small
1: bias favors those Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that's another small bias. Uh, what was the turnover differential on that?
0: What was the turnover differential on yeah, that? For the two, he says? for the
1: two teams.
0: Well, let's take a quick look here. Your Tennessee Titans, 21st place at minus 0.5, minus a half a turnover. Your Cleveland Browns, 30th place at minus Mm. two turnovers. Oh, my. But the Cleveland Browns, Cleveland is fifth place in net points, Benny. Mm-hmm. Eight and a half net points. And the Titans, Tennessee, 16th place at plus one. Okay, he's really favored the Browns.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Man, I don't, well, I know. Okay, let's talk about Tennessee first. Uh they had a visiting team. They had a tough time generating consistent offense in week one against the Saints. But last week at home, they looked a lot more comfortable against the Chargers. And we all know the Chargers, nice offense, shaky defense, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, they beat the Chargers 27-24, look like a completely different team. Uh, We talked about Ryan Tannehill maybe getting near the end of his rope. And then you said something about Will Levis, and I said, you know what? They'll ride Tannehill till the wheels fall off before they put one of them guys in there. And sure enough, they did exactly that. Crazy thing is, he was super efficient in that game. 20 of 24, 246, a touchdown, no turnovers. And he had a rushing touchdown on a really nice play. I don't know if you saw the play or not. It wasn't a quarterback sneak. He ran like an option.
0: Oh, my goodness. He
1: ran like the old triple wing. Yeah. He was like this. And he had Derrick Henry out here, and he was like he was going to pitch it, but he kept it. But he he kept it. it. I remember that. Yeah. Yes. Nice play. Very nice play. Um, Derrick Henry had a quiet but methodical 80 yards and a touchdown on 28 carries. Woo. Talk about bell cow. He's the man. 28 carries. And the defense was solid against the Chargers rushing attack, and he registered three sacks and five passes defense. Um. Okay, Monday. the other Monday night game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Browns. They lost the game to the Steelers. I believe I picked the Browns to win that game. I thought they looked really good in their first game. But they lost the game to the Steelers. They lost their star running back and team leader, Nick Chubb, to a horrible-looking knee injury. They committed eight penalties, and they had four turnovers. Tough to win games like that. Two of the turnovers resulted in touchdowns for Pittsburgh, including the final sack, fumble, scoop, and score to make the final 26-22. A sack, fumble, scoop, and score is what I call fantasy trifecta. Okay? In my main league, you get three points for the sack, you get five points for the fumble recovery. Wow. And if you scoop and score, you get six points for the touchdown. Mm-hmm. All that goes to your defense. And you can so win, a, win a
0: game just on that.
1: Yeah, that's 14 points on one play. One play. Gee, one play. That is the trifecta, the fantasy trifecta. Yes. But anyway. Something about the Browns I'm starting to not like. I don't know. Something don't smell good or something. I, I don't know what's going on. Deshaun Watson needs some needs a massage or something. I can't quite figure it out. Now, Benny, um, stop right there
0: because you're the second person I heard use that joke. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. You know who the first person was? Who? Carton. <laughs> <laughs> I, heard him look- I don't even like that guy. But I watch the show because
1: he's funny. He
0: is funny. He said it yesterday. I heard him say that.
1: Yeah, I didn't watch him yesterday. I watched it today. That's funny. Yeah. Um, I tell you what. Let me see. Uh, this is a tough one for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Titans in this game.
0: Going against the Bias, going with the Titans, eh?
1: Yes, I think the Titans are going to go in there and handle business.
0: All right, you got it. We're going to move on. The Chargers at the Minnesota Vikings. Bias plus of 18 favors the Chargers. Now, we know the Vikings, again, one of those teams that can score, but they give up a lot of points, so their net points is not good. Let me say, Benny, we have not had the intriguing game of the week yet. Right. I am going to pick a game. I don't know what game as of yet. I usually pick that after, and we'll talk about it next week. However, our boy – Who, Colin Cowherd? Cowherd, yes. He is making an argument that the L.A. Chargers at the Minnesota Vikings is his – intrigue. he called it his intriguing game. Okay. And he's saying because whoever loses, their coach is going to wind up getting fired. Uh, and so it's going to have a ripple effect across the industry. So, for example, this is one of those scenarios people are throwing out where the Vikings lose. All of a sudden, Kirk Cousins becomes expendable and he could wind up with the Jets.
1: Uh, Okay, I I see what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. So basically, he's trying to create scenarios where Cousins goes to the Jets. That's his main objective right there. Well, the Chargers coach, he's saying if,
0: if they lose, their coach is on the hot seat. And he's a defensive coach, the head coach.
1: As far as I'm concerned, he never got off the hot seat. (laughs) He was on it last year and it got hotter when he lost to the Jaguars in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So he
1: yes, I believe if they lose this game, I would fire him. If I had the ability, he'd be gone. Wow. Gone. Now, the, the Vikings coach, I don't know. I don't know about that. I th- I think I think he deserves uh We're not a chance. talking about the Vikings coach, we're talking about Kirk Cousins on the Vikings. That's what No, he I said. understand that. But you but you said car uh, you said Coward said whoever loses their coach will be fired.
0: Well, if I said that I didn't mean that. Whoever loses, oh. somebody's going to get fired. If it's Minnesota, he's saying it's going to be cousins. If it's jar- the charge, it's going to be the coach. Yeah, yeah you can't fire a player. Well,
1: uh, but you will get rid of him. You'll move him. Okay, now, you. I don't want to get too far into this, but you do realize that if you decide at 0-3, you're going to trade away a guy that puts up numbers like Cousins. How do you think that's going to make your fans feel? How do you think that's going to make your team feel? How do you think that's going to make Justin Jefferson feel?
0: So I agree with you 100%. I'm just telling you what – you
1: know, you that you want to talk it, about tanking. Cowherd said. Yeah. If you want to talk about tanking, that's the ultimate. That's yeah, that, that stuff. Yeah, that would stop. Because I mean, I, let's, I, let's face it, it. I would be very, very angry at that. Let's
0: face it. The uh, Minnesota at the very least. Where they at here. Well, they're putting up 22 and a half points per game. So they're in a lower second half. So they're not exactly firing on all cylinders offensively, but defensively, Minnesota is giving up 27 points per game, ranking 25th. So you can't blame all of that on Cousins. You know, he's not exactly firing it up, but he's, you know, he's not scoring 28 points per game, but his defense is giving up close to that. So, Bias Plus 18 favors these Chargers. Who you got? Guess who the number one
1: quarterback is in fantasy? Kirk Cousins. Cousins. Yep. But anyway, the Chargers are now 0-2 after losing on the road to the Titans. Tough game. We just got to finish talking about it. Justin Herbert threw for 305 yards, two touchdowns, but with a little more than two minutes left in regulation and needing a touchdown to secure the victory, he was sacked, and the Chargers instead kicked a field goal to tie the game. That took the game into overtime. So they had a chance to win it. He took a sack. They ended up being out of, out of uh, first down range. So they kicked a field goal, tied it up. The game went into overtime. Game goes into overtime. I have no excuses for the Chargers. They won the toss. They went three and out. Titans get the ball roll down the field, kick a field goal, and win. Boo! That coach deserves to be fired. (laughs) And he's a defensive-minded coach at that. Right. Their defense hasn't been good. I can't remember the last time their defense was good. And you got Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, guys in the secondary. You got named players. What the hell is going on out here? Brandon Staley's got to go, bro. He's gotta go. He's he's squandering talent. It Jordan doesn't make a rank
0: 30th on defense, giving up 31 and a half points per game. Only teams worse at this point, Chicago and the Giants, and we know the Giants number is a skewed number.
1: So okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he calls the defense or if his defensive coach is calling the defense for him. But either way, he takes the blame for this as far as I'm concerned. Either their schemes are wrong or they, they can't get their way in and out of situations on on the field during games. Something is definitely wrong, and I blame it all on him. <laughs> Staley's, he's got to go. It's all he's Staley's go. fault. Yeah, it's been going on too long. It's been going on too long. It's the same old story. They lo- The games they lose, they lose in the same way every time.
0: Yeah, they do.
1: Herbert's not no turnover machine. Herbert puts up points. He moves the ball. He's not great every week, but their defense just gives games away. All that being said. All that being said, Vikings on the road in Philly last week. Their defense seemed to have the Eagles offense under control until the birds figured out instead of all the RPO and play action shenanigans. All they needed to do was run the ball. Our big guys are better than your big guys, basically. Our o lines better than your D-line, and they just ran the heck out of the ball. Uh, unfortunately for the 0-2 Vikings, those numbers will not translate to wins if they continue not to protect the ball. Um, they got hammered. Uh, Vikings themselves didn't run the ball well at all, but my man Kirk Cousins is off to a tremendous start throwing the ball and he kept his team in the game. I like Kirk Cousins. Completed 31 of 44 passes, 364 yards, which is, that's a normal day for him. Four touchdowns. Unfortunately, just like week one against Tampa Bay, the great numbers didn't translate to wins. And if you don't, oh, and you don't protect the ball. See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> that's what happens when the, when the teleprompter skri- skips. <laughs> the Vikings lost four fumbles, Three of them in the first half. That helped the Eagles out tremendously. With all those chances, the Eagles were able to control the ball and the time of possession and hold on for the win. So now, again, did
0: Kirk Cousins have any of those fumbles?
1: Uh no, he did not fumble. None? I believe he threw an interception, no. Okay. Well, that's a turnover. But yeah, I, I I got off my stat page. But um uh, either way they shot themselves in the foot again um chargers got the bias i'm going with the vikings going with the vikings going I'm against definitely going, the going with chargers. the chargers yes i'm going to ride with kirk cousins every chance i get and especially against a defense that i know stinks okay
0: let's look at the carolina panthers who are going to go across the united states to seattle to visit those seahawks Bias plus of 15, however, favors the Seattle Seahawks. Carolina Panthers will be led by Andy Dalton. Because I do believe Bryce Young is injured. Is he? I do
1: believe. What Did that happen like late in the game?
0: I uh, didn't hear that. Right. Huh? Let me take a quick look here. So obviously this is news to you. Yes, it is. Very much so. News to you. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick look here. Bryce Young, football quarterback. Panthers not expecting Bryce Young to play versus the Seahawks. Unlikely. Wow. To play. Misses practice with injury. They
1: say what it is? Ankle no, injury. Ankle. Ankle? Ankle? Oh, yes. okay. He must have got that late in the game. Um. Well, bottom line is the Panthers lost last Monday night to the New Orleans Saints. They are now 0-2. The score was 20-17, to which was close. The Saints' defense is pretty good, but the Panthers, in my opinion, simply don't have enough offensive firepower to win close games. So they hung in there, but they just couldn't get it done. The problem is it took four guys to accumulate 100 yards on the ground. And they have no real deep threat. So Bryce Young's long game is very challenged. Their best receiver basically is Adam Thielen, who was a very, very competent number two receiver when he was with Minnesota. Got the job done, ran his short routes, possession receiver, moved the chains and all that. But he's not really a deep threat. And besides him, they don't have anybody else that can really get downfield and make big plays. The Seahawks, however, took a stinging loss to the division rival Rams last week. They lost to the Rams the first week of the season in week one, but they bounced back in a a high-scoring battle on the road against Detroit. We talked about this game, doggone it, Ben. Get it together. Geno Smith looked poised, and he moved the ball well through the air, 328 yards and two touchdowns. The run game wasn't prolific but running back Kenny Walker did punch in two touchdowns. The defense wasn't dominant either, but they were able to create turnovers and they recovered two fumbles. And uh, they scored on a pick six by cornerback Trey Brown. So that was the difference in the game as it usually is. Turnovers, time of possession because you got the turnovers and scoring off of one of the turnovers as a pick six. So again, again, seahawks are the superior team in this one i will definitely take the seahawks to beat the panthers
0: okay going with the bias going with the seahawks okay benny next up we have the chitown bears at the kansas city chiefs we had a little bit of uh, controversy with justin fields seemingly uh blaming his coaches for some of the uh challenges that they have and then coming back later and saying, oh, no, I don't blame anybody. I don't blame any coaches. I don't blame – I blame me. It's all on me. Put it on me. And yes, where he went with that. In the meantime, Patrick Mahomes signs a historic uh, adjustment to his contract. He's now, again, perhaps, looks like about the uh, high, most highly paid quarterback in the league. And then they uh, struggle coming out of the box, but they kind of started to right themselves a little bit. And uh, what's his name? Jones, what's his first name for the defensive line? Oh, Chris. Chris Jones is back and making plays already. Chris said he was ready to go. He was in shape, was no problem. He'd come in for whatever snaps you need. So Chris Jones is ready to go. The Chicago Bears are trying to figure out what the heck's going on. And uh, Bias Plus is 21.5, favoring those Chiefs. You got it nope. long and hard on this one, Mr. Dickerson?
1: Not really. but I do want to say that um, that's a very unique contract that Mr. Mahomes has signed. They said they were going to revisit it in a couple of years, and now they've changed it up. And now they're going to revisit it again probably in 2026. So he'll never have to worry about money, that's for sure. And it's still team friendly. So it's it's the best of both, both worlds. I don't know who negotiated that contract, but them and the Chiefs are both winners on that one. Uh, As far as um, Mr. Fields is concerned, he's in a press conference. He's a kid. Let's remember, and I mentioned this before, I coach flag football, okay? These guys in the NFL are the same age as these knuckleheads I coach around the corner at the recreation center. Sometimes when they're trying to explain themselves, doesn't quite come out just the way they mean it. Uh, And you know what the media does when they hear something they think is juicy. They run with it. So I'm kind of on field side as far as that interview was concerned. No, he's not playing well. Not at all. Okay. But I don't think he meant to blame it on the coaches. I believe what he said was the coaches are doing their jobs. They're giving him all the information they think that he needs to be a good player. But – He's the one that's confused. He's the one who's got too much in his head. He's the one who's playing tight instead of being relaxed because he's trying to dot all his I's and cross all his T's. It's his fault that he's not playing well and nobody else's. You can't tell the coaches not to do their due diligence and give him everything he needs information-wise. But if he can't play freely with all this stuff rattling around in his head, I don't know. Something's got to be done. Something's got to change.
0: Well, what this says now, he's he's, talking about. He's not hitting the obvious receivers that are open right in front
1: of him. Again, when guys don't do that, there's something wrong with their eyes. And when I say there's something wrong with their eyes, I don't mean like they're physically. I mean, I understand. Focus of they're not seeing. That's what they mean by not seeing the field. When you hear that expression, not seeing the field, that's what they mean. We're we're watching it on TV. It looks obvious to us. But for whatever reason, he doesn't see it. Yeah. So he's right. He doesn't have anybody else to blame. He's got to play better. Maybe they can help him by paring it down a little bit somehow or he can watch more film, something's got to be done. Because the guy is physically talented. It doesn't make sense for him not to be able to read a dog on defense and be a number one pick in the NFL. But guess what? If that's the case, if he won't be the first one, and he won't be the last. Won't be the last, that's for sure. Right. All right. Now, the Bears lost to the Bucks last week, 27-17. They're now 0-2. They seem to be spiraling out of control especially offensively, and the defense ain't nothing to brag about either. With the score 20-17, to though, which is close, quarterback Justin Fields threw a pick six to Buccaneer linebacker Shaq Barrett, and that essentially squashed any chance they had of a comeback. So they really weren't out of that game, but they were backed up. I believe he was backed up in his own end zone when he threw that pass. Shaq Barrett picked it off, ran it in, and that was basically all she wrote. Um, We talked about the disastrous press conference. I'm glad he got a chance to uh, talk to the media again. Looked like it was in the locker room, and uh, he was able to clean some of that up and let people know that he was not trying to blame coaches or teammates. He will take that all on himself. We kind of all know what that means, though. But anyway. Uh, uh, Jaguars, it is my opinion, just mine, that if the Jaguars offense hadn't come out flat against the Chiefs last week, Kansas City would be staring down the barrel of an 0-2 start. How do you come out against the Super Bowl champs at home and lay an egg like that, Jacksonville Jaguars, Dougie T. I'm always praising you guys, but my goodness, that was awful. Sure, they dropped a lot of passes. And sure, they played without their best receiver, tight end Travis Kelsey. But they also committed 12 penalties for a whopping 94 yards and turned the ball over three times. Okay. So it is my opinion that if the Jaguars offense hadn't come out flat against the Chiefs last week, Kansas City would be staring down the barrel of a 0-2 start. They committed 12 penalties for a whopping 94 yards And they turned the ball over three times. They did not deserve to win that game. But because Jacksonville laid an egg the way that they did, they were able to come away, the Chiefs were able to come away with the victory. Now, all that being said and looked at, this should be an easy win for the Chiefs. The Bears don't really stand a chance.
0: Easy win for the Chiefs, going with the Bias, going with the Gs. All right, Benny, we're moving right along here. Dallas Cowboys at the Arizona Cardinals bias plus of 43.5 favors the Dallas Cowboys. The skew is in, Benny. Wow. The question is what's the Trayvon Diggs injury going to do to that defense? That's the question. And the Arizona Cardinals aren't throwing in the towel.
1: No, they're not. The players aren't. I don't think the coaches either. I, I think, like we were talking about uh, tanking before, the coach kind of knows what's expected of him. But no coach in his right mind is going to try to throw a game on purpose. You're not going try to try to lose. You just maybe might not try real hard to win. It's the GM's job to set the team up for failure. And I'm talking if in fact, tanking is the ultimate goal, okay? So you look at the Cardinals team, look at the players they have, look at the talent level and think about it. They're not necessarily set up to win. There's moves they could have made to improve their team, but somewhere along the line, I think probably once they realized that Kyler Murray was not coming back this year, they made a decision that they need to look for a quarterback in the next draft. And at that point, the guy who should have took over for Kyler Murray, Colt McCoy, got released. And then they went out and made a trade, and they brought in Josh. I didn't understand that at all. So, But Dallas is playing pretty decent. What What didn't you understand? Releasing Colt McCoy? They would have been better with Colt McCoy. Yeah, but they didn't want it to be better.
0: Remember, they're tanking. Well, that was the thing we were we were saying they were tanking, but we weren't quite sure. So again, when you've got a not fully bought-in tank job, you get these decisions between the top group and the players that don't
1: seem to make no, sense. No, there's no, 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 no. You're missing. You're missing it. The players ain't tanking. Yeah, no. the Players are, The players are trying to win. I agree so with. When, you. So when the GM wants the team to tank, he has to make the team weak so that their chances of winning are diminished or at least lowered, because he knows the players are going to try to win. Yeah, yeah. If, if you, you look thought, at their weapons, look at their weapons you think, on offense. He thought was that much worse than Colt McCoy? That's what they thought. <laughs> That's what they thought. They took a guy who knew the system inside and out and who had won games for them when Murray was hurt before and just released him for nothing. Then he went and got somebody else's backup who played but not much, probably doesn't have a winning record for games that he started since he's been in the league, and they brought him in to teach him a brand-new system. They handicapped the team, but they're still – playing hard. That's what happens. I, I watched it with the Sixers and Brett Brown. <laughs> there, there's like two two guys off of that old team that's still in the NBA. Everybody else is gone. Everybody else is gone. They, they knew what they were doing. So anyway, Cowboys got to go out to Arizona. They're 2-0, and it's being debated as to whether they're the best team in the league right now. Now, according to the NetPoint Power Rankings, they're number one in every category. So it's a good argument. Uh, Dak looked poised in the pocket, and he delivered the ball with authority against the so-called Super Bowl quality defense of the New York Jets. C.D. Lamb looks to be on his way to a dominant season. He turned 11 receptions into 143 yards, and the running game hasn't really missed a beat with Tony Pollard being the starter and rushing 25 times for 72 yards. He also caught seven passes for an additional 37 yards. They're going to be really, really, really hard to beat as long as those three guys are on the top of their game, for real. Oh, yeah. And did I mention a real Super Bowl-quality defense? The Dallas defense has seven passes defensed, intercepted Zach Wilson three times and recovered the Dalvin Cook fumble. Oh, no, I guess I didn't mention that. That's a real Super Bowl quality defense right there. Yes, I'm questioning the New York Jets defense, but that's another story. So now let's talk about the Cardinals and the whole tank thing here. In the preseason, the Cardinals traded with Cleveland for their backup quarterback, Joshua Dobbs. And they released Colt McCoy, who will start to be taking over for the injured Kyler Murray. A move like that, to me, immediately makes me think that they're tanking for Caleb Williams, the quarterback at USC right now, supposed to be the best player in college right now, and supposedly should be the number one pick in the draft next year. The players have played hard so far in their games against the commanders and against the Giants, and their defense is very scrappy. But let's face it, they're just not built to win, and that's why they're 0-2. And I don't care how good they look and how hard they fight; they're not w- built to win games. I'm not saying they won't win any games, but they're definitely not built to win games. The talent level between them and the Cowboys is like the Grand Canyon. So the Cowboys are are my pick to win that game. So you're
0: going with the bias, going with the Cowboys. Yes, sir. All right, Benny. Let's get ready to move this thing along here. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Las Vegas Raiders, bias plus 14, favors the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: hmm So, the Steelers at home have a habit of winning when the Browns come to town. And they did it again. Even though the Browns were probably favored, probably had the bias, and I probably picked them. I'm pretty sure I did. Uh, that was the case again last Monday night. Uh, their offense is sputtering. No doubt about it. Pickett looks kind of crazy right now. I don't know what the heck is going on. And Najee Harris looks doesn't look right either. But defensively, the Steelers hit Deshaun Watson 11 times. They defensed eight passes. They had nine tackles for loss. And they got six sacks. And ultimately, the defense scored two touchdowns. Whew. That's tough. No wonder they beat yeah. the Browns. Now, Bills Mafia had plenty to cheer about when the Las Vegas Raiders rolled into Buffalo. Jimmy G connected with Devontae Adams early, and that was basically it. They lost the game 38-10. to 10. They couldn't get anything going on, on the ground. They turned the ball over three times. The defense pretty much got trampled for 183 yards on the ground and 274 through the air. The Raiders are a mess. But somebody's got to win this game. I'm going to pick the Raiders to win at home with a better offense. Believe it or not. You're going to not. pick the Raiders? I'm picking the Raiders to win this game at home with the better offense. Yes. All right. Going with the Raiders. Going against the
0: bias. Benny, I'm surprised. Would I'm would. i thinking Steelers here. Okay. Okay. Now. I do believe, and let me double check my uh, my information here. Yeah, we're talking about first of all, the Pittsburgh Vegas game is the Sunday night game. That's the H- okay, and that's Sunday night. So this one st- kicks off your Monday night doubleheader: Philadelphia at Tampa Bay, bias plus of three. Favorite Tampa Bay. Baker. Ooh. Baker. Ooh! <laughs> well, oh, you know, Eagles, buy. I mean, the Eagles have played pretty efficiently. They they played old school ball, haven't scored a ton of points. But long story short, um, you know, uh, you know, they're right there. They're oh, they're two and zero. So you can't say too much about them um, in terms of points against. That's probably the the biggest challenge because Tampa Bay. Ranked eighth only gave up 17 on average so far, and Philly's
1: given up one touchdown more than 24. So Yeah, what you just said, it sounded like you were describing the Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> That's how close this one is. The Eagles home opener was a successful 34-28 victory over the Vikings. They go 2-0. So I I've been I've been saying to whoever will listen that this is not the Eagles team of 2022, and we talked about that earlier. It's a different team right now. Again, early on the offense looked a little funky. The, in fact, it looked so funky, I heard some boos, which I haven't heard in a while here in Philadelphia, but yes, in fact. Well, not in the Eagles game anyway. I heard it in games. But, yeah, the fans were booing a little bit. Because
0: they're whining. I told you, I love to hear Eagles. Well, whining, yeah, that's my favorite whine.
1: Yeah, they they really expected a lot more from the Eagles coming out of the shoot, and they're just not getting. So the fans two new coordinators. Yes, yes. Well, they don't care who they boo. They just (laughs) they booing everybody. (laughs) Uh, However, it took them a minute to figure out that their offensive front was superior to Minnesota's defensive front. And they started to run the ball like the old Ohio State back when they had Woody Hayes, three yards in a cloud of dust. Except it was way more than three yards. Sheesh. DeAndre Swift had a career game, 175 yards and a touchdown, on 28 tough carries. That's 28 carries that matches what Derrick Henry had in his game last week, 28 carries, but a heck of a lot more yards. Hurts powered in. Two touchdowns on the ground on sneaks. Uh, and he threw one at Devontae Smith. Defense only sat Kirk Cousins twice, but they did pressure him consistently and hit him 10 times. They also took advantage of the Viking errors, which was turnovers and cough-ups and just a plethora of mistakes. Uh okay, now Buccaneers. They're going to be the home team. Baker Mayfield and the Bucs are 2-0. They handled the Bears last week, and Baker was turnover free for the second straight week in a row. Mm -hmm. Going a nice, tidy 26-34 of for 317 yards and a touchdown. Baker is really playing well. The defense is surprisingly a little better than I thought they would be. They had six sacks, 10 quarterback hits and they dominated the Bears' offense. Now, we are talking about the Bears' offense, but Buccaneer defense looking pretty tight. I am going to go with the bias and pick the Buccaneers to beat the Eagles at home.
0: You're going to be very, very popular in Philadelphia. Yeah, well. Well, it's a very small bias, so it should be a tight game in any event. Um, yes. So we'll we'll see how that goes, but the Eagles got to go down to Tampa Bay and Yes. The Bucks are their offense is a model of efficiency, I'm telling you. Well, Tampa Bay is eighth in points allowed and Philadelphia is 16th in points allowed. So there you go. There's a touchdown right there that probably got mitigated by some turnovers favoring the Eagles. Right. Have. So there you go. All right, Benny, so we're about to wrap up the last game of the week, Monday night doubleheader featuring the L.A. Rams at the Cincinnati Bengals. By mm. favors those L.A. Rams. Cincinnati is looking a little gimpy at quarterback. And uh, so there's some questions going on here. And the Rams look like they're about – they they like, wait a second. We used to be – we used to be a Super Bowl chancellor. right here. It's, like, it's like they're trying to get back
1: to that. What's going on? Well, the Rams lost at home to the Niners 30-23. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and are now one I swear, man, nobody should be able to take over a stadium like that. You know what that means, right? The Rams season ticket holders sold their tickets. Wow. Wow. Isn't that crazy? They sold their tickets and let their team go down in flames in front of all them red jerseys. Wow. Anyway, Niners had a hard time putting the Rams away. Old man Matt Stafford's been surrounded by some new young talent that has proven to be tough to handle. It didn't help that Stafford turned the ball over twice that that went against them with interceptions. But he did throw a four touchdowns. The touchdown pass was to running back Kyron Williams, who's just a second-year player. He also scored on the ground. And wide receivers Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua, who I warned you about last week, Puka, they proved to be a handful. Atwell gained 77 yards on seven catches. And Puka caught an amazing 15 balls for 147 yards. The last time that I can remember off the top of my head that somebody caught 15 balls or more in a game was when Terrell Owens did it, and that was years ago. He caught 20
0: in one
1: game. Wow. Yeah. So uh, the only problem for the Rams is uh, they couldn't find the end zone enough to keep up with the Niners. That was against the Niner defense, though. Excuse me? That was against the Niner defense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They they couldn't they they found holes. They put up numbers, but they didn't they didn't light up the scoreboard. That so if out. you don't put numbers up on the scoreboard, you're not gonna win. There you go. Um an 0-2 star for the Bengals is not a death sentence. It's happened before. In fact, they started 0-2 last year and uh they rebounded pretty nicely, but this year seems to be a little different. Joe Burrow threw the ball a whole lot better than he did in game one, but losing to division rival Baltimore had to hurt. There was no balance to the Bengals' offense. They couldn't run the ball, but T. Higgins had a nice day catching Burrow's two touchdown passes and leading all other Cincinnati receivers with eight catches and 88 yards. So, yeah, he caught two touchdown passes, but he had eight catches for 88 yards, and that outdid – all the other Cincinnati receivers. That's not their game. That's not their offense. If they can't flourish on offense, they're not gonna win. The defense didn't do anything special and they couldn't stop the Ravens when it when they needed to. So that turned out to be bad results for them. I think the Rams come in here and handle business and beat the Bengals. They're 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 wobbling right now. Get
0: them while they're wobbling, eh? Yep, wobble, 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 wobble. Going with the bias, going with the L.A. Rams. Well, Benny, that wraps up the Bias Plus report for week three. However, Benny, we do have one more presentation to make in terms of the bias. Okay. We even celebrate the incorrectly favored team, and we have to congratulate your New York Giants was becoming the bias-plus buster of the week,
1: baby. As predicted. As predicted a week earlier, but I'll take it. I'll take it. They did it. Unfavorable bias of 52,
0: and they overcame that with a net win of three for bias-plus buster score of 55. I think that's almost a record or something like that. That's a big one right there. That's so, a skew buster. It's a skew buster. like that skew buster. <laughs> so congratulations to the New York Giants for being the bias buster of the week. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> okay, Benny. In this portion of the show, we're going to visit our social media page on Facebook at BNB on football ben and barry on football on facebook let's take a quick look we only have a few things to talk about i want to mention something real quick benny here you have a picture i took off of tv and i have here when people mess around with our stats they get confused watch out for the skill this guy has the cowboys at a plus 60 point differential through two weeks that ain't right unless you don't include the second half of the game that the, that um, that was played against the Giants, I mean, against the Cowboys. The second half, uh, they gave up some points. So, no, they didn't have a 60-point differential at all. But, <laughs> you know, this guy, he's a Cowboy fan. He's sitting next to Michael Irvin. They got big Cowboy bucket heads. They, you know, they don't. All they're looking for is how can we say something good about the Cowboys? So they taking skewed up stats and throwing them together and trying to use our differentials. Nah, leave that alone, buddy. Leave that alone. Uh, you know, the Cowboys woo. are favored. Yeah, I know, I know. That's crazy. We talked about Patrick Mahomes already getting that record contract, giving him two hundred and ten point six. Million dollars, you know. I mean, he probably do like. He probably goes on like, "What happened today?" Oh, well, they up my contract to about twenty two hundred ten million. Oh, okay. What you want for dinner? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the norm in the Mahomes household. So that's about how that is. Any anything on that before we move on?
1: Nah, I'm good.
0: We're just about done, Benny. I just want to show this. QR code, that's what it's called. Or you can put phone at the QR code and go directly to last week's show. All right, Benny, that wraps it up for me. As we always say, thanks for following. Please leave comments and suggestions. Um, hashtag football is life is our motto. You have any last comments that you want to throw in there?
1: One last thing and doggone it if his name doesn't escape me, the defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears
0: resigned.
1: <laughs> resigned, yeah. And I cannot wait to hear more about what the heck is going on here. First, there was a report that the FBI raided the Chicago Bears complex. Now that has been changed, Saying that they raided this dude's house. What the heck w- would a f- NFL football coach be doing to have the FBI raid his house?
0: You know something? I had not heard about the, the the raid,
1: or did that
0: happen a while back? In any event, um they have they have him down here, uh Alan Williams. Alan Williams, right. Defensive play caller. Veteran NFL assistant of more than two decades. Resigned Wednesday. That uh, outlets have reported the authorities had raided his home. Uh, he's saying he's taking a step back to take care of his family and his health. So whatever's going on, that's serious, man, when you give up that type of career. Um and that type of stuff happens. So, wow! I didn't know that. That's some news right there. That's some big news.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. I can't wait to see how this plays out. So, I'm just, I'm just curious. I, I really, I don't care, but I'm super curious to All see right. if I can figure this one out. But that's it. I'm done. That's it for me.
0: Peace out, Ben and Barry on football. You can always go to www.benandbarryonfootball.com.